Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here with Karen and Georgia of My Favorite Murder, a very, very popular <laughs> podcast that has even spawned its own word, a murderino. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. It's exciting to have you guys. So murderino is not necessarily just a fan of your podcast. It's just someone who's into true crime, right? Yeah. Specifically yeah murder someone on our facebook group that like fucking like became a like crazy spawn of insanity like created this world this word murderino and it just spawned from there yeah it was crazy so (laughs) (laughs) why are we laughing because i just kept saying spawn (laughs) and then she looked at me as if to say what what am i saying I don't know what's happening. I actually just looked at you because I don't know. I know it started on the Facebook page, but I just don't know anything. I don't know any of the history. It's like, it's a world of its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Facebook page, it's all listeners who are just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of, we're just kind of the reason they're there, but they, it's like a whole culture that they've spawned themselves. Yes. Spawned. Spawned, spawned. spawned oh, yeah. is, it's the, it's the it's a word, word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Karen. I have to hardcore bond with you for a moment. Okay. We both have the same birthday, May 11th. What? Unless, no. okay, good. And the, as soon as I was saying that, I'm like, unless Wikipedia or whatever I read is wrong. <laughs> no, that's my birthday. And I, uh, did you know that Sam Rockwell has our birthday? I did not know that. Okay. Uh, for some reason, that means a lot. Birthday, I don't know. I really like that. So yes, you are my new best friend. Um <laughs> But I saw, I think I was looking up his IMDb page to be like, what movies on here have I not seen? And uh, it said that, and it was like, the twinge in my heart that I got was as if I realized I was Sam Rockwell. Like, it was ridiculous how excited I was. Do you think he would be that excited to find out that we have his birthday? Yes. Okay. Everyone is excited when that happens. Isn't it funny yeah. how excited everyone is? It's weird. Because it's weird. It's very weird. And it feels like such a specific, um, like for me personally, May 11th is such my thing. Yeah. Always has been. It's like, okay, so 365 people you meet someone shares your birthday what the fuck like yeah. you know that many days yeah and whatnot. what's weird and this might just be my unique vantage point of having may 11th as my birthday but i feel like i meet a lot of people with may 11th like it feels like a more popular birthday have you met other a bunch i of have other yes there was a girl that i went to school with and other people <laughs> <laughs> someone in your class like yes. growing up mm-hmm. her that name was sucks. tyler that sucks. it actually it it wasn't that bad. Okay. It was a it was a bond we had. Okay, good. and it, yeah, like people kind of knew we were we were birthday twinsies. I the, had this. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I have the same thing with girls named Georgia because it's fucking weird. And there was a girl in my in my school named Georgia, and it was we called each other twins. We're twins. <laughs> we're not. We just have the name Georgia. Right. Have you met people who have your your whole full name? Because I have before, and that's like similar to meeting someone with your birthday. Yeah, that makes more sense. Allison Rosen seems like a name that could happen. Mm-hmm. But I feel like ours are spawns of weird. Spawn! <laughs> oh, I thought you did that on purpose. No, I did not. Um, pretend okay, you did. Okay. Spawn really count funny. four. Spawn. And four. then we have to watch the movie Spawn together <laughs> and talk about it. I actually, my cousin John married a Karen. So there is another Karen Kilgariff mm-hmm. up in Northern oh, California. Shit. Which is, um, but that's not an organic Karen Kilgara. It's not an organic it's one. Manufactured. And there might be one on the East Coast because the last name is more popular on the East Coast. But um, to have one in my own family 
you know, it's a little bit of like, it's a little humbling, which is probably good for me. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. just to take it down a notch and be like, I'm one of many. I'm of the a fellowship mm-hmm. of the world. Right. Sure. It's probably better for me. George. Oh, go ahead. I, I went to graduate school and there was a guy in my class that had the same last name as me. And only after we became Facebook friends years later, did we find out we had the same birthday. What? Whoa. Yeah. All those missed opportunities yeah, I hated for joint parties. parties. Oh, you hated him? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Very competitive. Yeah. Well, see, in um, the classic Parenthood, when they discover, I'm assuming everyone's seen the Haley Mills version. Sure. It's mm-hmm. probably very similar to the Lindsay Lohan version. But um, when they discovered, the twins discovered, but they didn't know they were twins, they were just like, that girl has my face. And then they instantly hated each other. <laughs> I don't think that would be my reaction. I'd be drawn to the the me that I see. It's the fucking competition that they're trying to fucking... Like <laughs> drill into our heads yeah. as you've, children. You've honestly said the word fucking twenty times How already. I? Oh, I'm just angry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a lot to be angry about. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to point. No, it out. I, I it appreciate that. Because um, you're talking about Haley Mills, <laughs> her fucking face, <laughs> children's movie, and I'm angry. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I would feel actually. I think because I have a lot of self-loathing, so I would be <laughs> if I saw someone that looked like me. I think it would be. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd be drawn to them per mm-hmm. se. There'd how do you react judging. when someone's like, "You look like this person I know"? I never react well, <laughs> no matter who it is. Yeah. Well, I have to check them out, and and I'm just like hoping against hope that I'm not going to be like, "You think I look like that?" Yeah. It is occasionally weird, and I imagine you guys have had this happen when podcast listeners will be like, "Hey, I saw your doppelganger." And then it's like someone in an ad that really doesn't look like you. And then you realize, oh, well, yeah, this person actually doesn't. They've never really seen me. They've just seen, you know, they've seen pictures here and there, but they don't really know what I look like in 3D. They're imagining you in their head. Maybe that ad is like out their window and they don't know that subconsciously that's <laughs> right. why you think you look like that person. Well, right. I can see photos of myself and be like, that's not me. Like I, I've trained myself to see bad photos of myself and be like, that's not really what I look like. It's fine. <laughs> You're fine. Well, I need that training. Oh, it's you got it. You got to try it. It's great. Because you see yourself like in profile and you're like, oh my God. No, that's not what it, if they saw me talking, they would not think I look like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yes. I, I feel that most angles of my face except for like one those aren't me that's not me that's a distortion i'm always clearly that's a bad angle no that's my bad side oh wait no i have a bad side too yes the front sides yeah (laughs) um and then another thing uh george i hope you don't feel left out with the hardcore karen bonding no do it okay there more there's there's just one more thing (gasps) okay um it is I heard you mention that your parents had an adult time thing. Yes. That was you, right? Okay. Yeah. My parents had what they referred to as grown-up time. <laughs> was this just a thing that parents of that generation did? I think you mean to get you out of the room? Well, grown-up time was you can be up if you want, but you have to quote-unquote, and this is a phrase that still like is chilling to my sister and me, blend into the woodwork That's what, <laughs> what that means is like it's grown-up time we want to take a break we lack the ability to explain this to you in a way that's not completely like overly honest on its face so uh-huh. it's like we're done with you you can be up if you want but we're not going to be your parents yes it was really i feel like they really mishandled that grown-up time is like i ha- I still have a pit in my stomach over grown-up time <laughs> and over blending into the woodwork oh. 
<laughs> well, it was such a, it really felt like no one knew what they were doing. Yeah. They, we talk about that all the time in the 70s and 80s. It was just like, ours was, we, it wasn't really even, the, the only time I heard it's adult time was when we would go in like with like a bleeding lip or like crying <laughs> or what, having a problem. And my aunt Jean and my mom would be smoking their Benson and Hedges and drinking a huge thing of like gallo wine <laughs> at the dinner table talking. And if you came in with any complaint or any <laughs> medical emergency, my mom would be like, get out, it's adult time. <laughs> it was, you weren't even addressed like it wasn't. It was just, yeah, that was the label to get you back out of the room. And then you just had to go in the TV room and like bleed your licks. Yeah. And just (laughs) deal with whatever was going to get you in that room. So it sounds like your childhood was rough at times. Yes. Yeah. Well, because I had my older cousin, Stevie, who was like six years older than us, would always be like in the TV room board. So it'd be like any version of beating us up that he could get away with, he would do. And then if he wasn't there, my sister was just a classic bitchy older sister. So there was just like a lot. It was like you would kind of go into the other room to be like, is it anybody in this house like a decent human being? <laughs> Get back in the TV room. But they also don't want you to be alone. It's not like you can go to your room and read a book. It's like get into this fucking fray. Yes. And and fight. Be in that room. Yeah. Socialize. Like no, we have to know where you are. Yeah. No pouting. No. Yeah. What was your childhood like, Georgia? Well, this is actually really interesting. My parents divorced when I was five, so there was never any uh, like adult bonding private time. But there was, uh, sorry, we had it was myself and my brother and sister, and we had um, what we called private time, which means you get to go out with your parent alone, like you you get to go oh, do like something. Quality time, yeah, because oh. there was three of us, so it was like all of us fighting, and you know this like this like whirlwind of children and so it was like what do you want to do for private time you have it like once a month maybe and mine was always sushi like my mom and I would go to su- like I was six and like I want my private time to be sushi so LA <laughs> so LA so LA uh, yeah so, so I didn't see adults alone a lot but I saw but we had private time it sounds like private time is the equal opposite of adult time yes <laughs> grown-up time yeah. grown-up right private time is when you actually have an adult's attention focused on you and you don't feel sorry for existing which yeah. was, was the, the design i mean that was not their intention with grown-up time i don't think they were like let's freak you out by making you think that f- at the end of the night you don't have parents but that was just the result i yes. love that though i didn't know you could do that i, I, I don't think you can I you're not can't, supposed right? to I don't think you, you should i was like it's about me all the time yeah. and, and i love the idea of being like nope mommy and daddy are talking and having glasses of wine and don't don't break anything because yeah. we're not we don't care right don't break bones right but other than that like we are not going to get involved do your <laughs> you thing. can't just keep coming in here you know, to yeah. like, they won't entertain anything. Exactly. Yes, that's what it was. It's like, you can't, I know you have your little story you want to share, yeah. but you can't right now. We don't care. Yeah, but I don't think that's good. I mean, I think... I do. I think... <laughs> weird? Um, and maybe because I'm going to have a kid in a few months, yeah. I've been thinking about Ooh. all of this. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, But I think it's p- good to keep that time for the grown-ups you know and you don't want to lose that at the same time i think there's a way like you probably don't want to present it to the kids like <laughs> you're not welcome at just this time. get out yeah just, yeah. Like, just put them to bed i like right. the idea of children seeing that parents are autonomous people who have interactions with each other that are not centered around this child 
and that that child needs to entertain themselves and be, you know, self-sufficient. Well, also, it just sends that message. The good version of it, I think, sends the message to the kid. You are not the center of this family. We're the heads of the family. You're part of the family. But we don't all revolve around you. I think that's so lethal when little kids are catered to in that way where and you see them in like restaurants and stuff Mm -hmm. where you can tell they just are running the roost. My sister is a has been a grammar school teacher for like almost 30 years. And she was telling me about that. Uh, how it actually makes kids feel really bad. It makes them feel very insecure because it's like that means they're in charge. Mm-hmm. They, right. The parents will do whatever they want. It's very upsetting to children, actually. Mm. And that's why usually they get bratty and like misbehave. That's interesting. I do like the idea of, of showing children uh, <clears throat> how adult relationships what they look like. It's not all about the kid. It's about the way they interact. They don't call each other mommy and daddy or whatever. They call each other by their names. It's important. <laughs> too you know yeah. i don't have kids i have cats by the way i just want to <laughs> but make do you clear. feel like you model good adult relationships for it's elvis and mimi right yeah oh my god yes <laughs> for elvis and mimi do you yeah. feel like they have a good sense of it do they have are they no. are they confident do they have good boundaries absolutely not mimi <laughs> sleeps in between us like they're totally in charge they're in charge <laughs> if they could talk they would be the brattiest kids in the restaurant <laughs> the worst kids. <laughs> so karen you mentioned that your mom and her sister would be having grown up time and your cousin was there. Did you grow up in a house with your mom and your sister's family in the same house or? Um, They were our next door neighbors and they weren't blood relatives. They were just my parents like lifelong friends. And they, my dad was a fireman and my mom was a full-time nurse. So on the days where he was at the firehouse, when we got home from school, we would go to my aunt Jean's and just because it was basically a farm. Mm -hmm. And so we would just be there all day long until my mom got home from work. And then that's when adult time started because she was trying to like, like basically relax from working in a mental hospital oh, all day long. Oh my God. So she, you know, the wine was earned and those <laughs> Benson and hedges were earned. <laughs> that and they gallo. were just trying, yeah, they were just trying to get the little of that off of them. Um, so, and my sister's actually very defensive of all of that, all of that like approach that my mom had now. Cause she always reminds me of like, it's just so crazy. Mom had a job and two kids and sometimes was like a single mother just because my dad would be at the firehouse for three days or four days or however long it was. Um, and she was secluded in this like in on a farm. What town not were you near Petaluma. Mm-hmm. It was way. Yeah, we were way out in the country. Yeah. We weren't near anything. So like once you were in for the night. Yeah, you were you had to really keep control over like how all that time was spent right i think what did she do at a mental hospital she was the head nurse oh wow oh my god yeah yeah seen some shit yes and like we were i was always mad at her for not paying enough attention to me and it's like (laughs) she gets home from like a 12-hour shift with lunatics like screaming at her all day long and then i'm like I want to do a dance. Yeah. Mom, watch my <laughs> choreographed shitty dance. Listen to me talk for 20 minutes straight. <laughs> but that's something that doesn't make any sense. There's no storyline. Like, you're, get your shit together. Like a kid's story that you're just making up oh, just to be heard. Just like, to, like, standing there making not it up. get the attention off of you anymore. Oh, yes. my God. Maintain it. <laughs> do you think that's uh, why you're drawn to performing? Absolutely. <laughs> just from being flat out ignored for my entire childhood. Yes. For wanting someone to listen to your stories. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Georgia? Yes. I think that, you know, the youngest child syndrome of yeah. like, pay attention to me. And, and like, by the time you come along, all bets are off. Like, do your thing. Nobody cares. 
they've seen everything. Babies aren't special. Babies are not special. <laughs> They're a problem. Yeah. Your siblings hate you yeah. and resent you. And the only way you can like, you know, be loved is by is by like being funny or being on. Yeah, you got to like tap dance. You got, oh, I you did. Got, you like earn it constantly. <laughs> I literally tap danced. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. I did too as a kid. And then as an adult, I worked at um, the OC Weekly, which is the LA oh, yeah. Weekly City uh, sister paper down in Orange County. And it was in this strip mall. And Jimmy DeFore Dance Studio, which was this dance class place, was like in the same strip mall. So I was like, you guys, we should take tap dancing classes. <laughs> no one was into it, but I did rope two other people into it. And mm. as adults, we took one class. I love it. I just bought tap dancing. I bought, I bought tap shoes off Amazon, like a late night Amazon Prime like purchase. Uh-huh. And I was just cleaning my closet and I found them and they still have the like, uh, the like, the tissue paper stuffed in there because I never use them. <laughs> but I was like, tap dancing shoes. Wait, yes. but I want to hear after one class, what ha- was it a bad experience that it was only one class? It just wasn't what I thought. I don't know what I was expecting, but it just wasn't quite that. I was expecting that it would be like, well, first of all, I'd be God's gift to dance because it would all come back and it'd be like the most fun thing in the world. And instead it was my friend Sharla and I, we had gone out and bought tap shoes and mine were size too small. Also, they <laughs> said, start, yeah. yeah, they said to like wear comfortable clothes. So I wore sweatpants and a gigantic sweatshirt and it was like way too warm. And also, I don't know how, I'm sure if you're really hoofing it up, there's a lot of movement, but this class, like really we were kind of just moving from the knees down. So I really could have just worn what I wore to work that day. I didn't go in the bathroom and change into my like marshmallow fleece outfit. <laughs> you were like flash dance central yeah. and everyone was like, you're, you can wear a skirt. Sweatband. Yeah. Forehead. I did. I broke a sweat because I was so warm in my outfit, yeah. but not from actual movement. <laughs> from bundling. And then warm. there was this. So, and then there was Dave, who was our coworker, who was about 20 years older than we were. Um, and he just did it in his socks because he didn't, ha- he didn't buy tap shoes. He didn't commit. Oh, no. Um, and then there was this 14 year old. What's the point? I know. <laughs> That's crazy. They don't have rentals like a bowling alley. You you think like, they would. Uh, tap shoes? There was this 14 year old show offy girl oh, in the Jesus. class that I began to dislike by the end oh, because sure. she was like super good and really into it and the teacher's pet and stuff. So, Ugh. and then there was my friend Anthony who referred to, he, he referred to it for the entire duration of us talking about it, which was like for weeks leading up to it as the headache dance. And he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, when I was a kid that you, my mom was always like, you have to take a dance class. That's like what you do. Mm-hmm. And I took tap and I fucking loved it. Wait, but then did you take a class when you bought the shoes as an adult? No, I absolutely plan to. Oh, but I didn't. So it wasn't fashion. It was like you were going to oh, do this thing. No, yeah, I would never wear tap shoes unless I was oh, tapping. Uh, yeah, that fashion. would make sense. For some reason, I just thought of like little patent leather. Why not? It made noise. <laughs> Did you buy the ones that have heels? Like the no. Okay, no, I didn't either. Although those, as a kid who took tap, yes. Those the ones with the heels are the ones that I always wanted to one day. That was get like to. graduating yes. to like advanced tap. Exactly. And, I, and then I found drugs and stopped doing <laughs> oh, tap. No. But I never got to the Did you what drugs did you get into? <laughs> I mean, whatever. All of them. Yeah. Orange County drugs. You were there. Oh, that's right. Where in Orange County are you from? Irvine. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it was you need a distraction from tap. 
when you're yes. in Orange County. Tap is the gateway dance <laughs> and straight into white drugs. Being bad at tap <laughs> will just, just change a kid. You know what I mean? Well, I did take a bunch of dance. I didn't, I never took tap. It wasn't offered at this. I went to the Petaluma School of Ballet. <laughs> so they had like ballet and then they had like modern, what eventually Jazz. turned into like the flash dance dancing <laughs> you know because it, it really broke big jazz, right? it was jazz. it was called jazz yeah. Yeah. yes um but the politics in a like an 80s jazz dancing class were like i still get an <laughs> totally. acid stomach just thinking about it when you guys started talking i was like you should talk about your tech class and i was like no don't don't stir that up <laughs> like the hierarchy of like girls who were good and bad and and body shape yes. and teachers pets and who could actually dance versus yes the who, outfits who filled yeah. out their leotard and didn't and there was always two girls that our teacher gave solos to like all oh. the dances were kind of similar it'd be like everybody dancing to you know uh jump by the pointer sisters all together <laughs> and then it would break and then these two girls would one come out girl and do these would solos. Come. oh my god and they, she would never entertain the idea of anybody else doing a solo and i then it became me being like well i want a solo where it's like no what are you doing <laughs> like, this is my the story of my whole childhood no, I it's me it. like I'm gonna get mine where it's like there's a reason they're not giving you a solo. Did you ever get one a little like I got I got one in tap my tap somehow the teacher who probably was seventeen looking back picked um <laughs> Man Eater as yeah. the song that we did our fucking tick 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 yeah. tick tick Yeah, tick. so I can't not tap to that in Rite Aid when I'm like waiting for the pharmacy line. But I, I did the back bend in it, like the center back bend. And I ever since then, I've been like, well, I need to be on stage all the fucking time. Yes. It was amazing. That's how you knew you had it. I star had, quality. I didn't have that, but I wanted to try. Well, you had the back bend. And that's where podcasts come in. <laughs> how did you guys meet each other? Joe DeRosa, I think, is the is the cornerstone of our friendship. Yeah, he's our he's our mutual friend. I worked with him on a writing job. And I think we were at like a party, his house party together mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And I just I knew I'd be friends with Georgia because her outfit, she just had a really yeah. badass kind of like it may have been a bit of a grandma dress which is my favorite vintage <laughs> look and me too is the almost like a brown a brown plaid something yeah it's like something your grandma would wear it's something that your grandma probably wore because i probably bought it at her estate sale yes exactly <laughs> and i was like who's that oh <laughs> that's a good outfit thanks and i was like that's karen kilgariff i'm gonna talk to her <laughs> She's talking about a car accident. I'm going to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. And then how soon after did you guys decide to do a podcast? Pretty relatively soon. I think we had like one lunch hangout. Mm -hmm. And then Georgia was like, we we discovered at the second party that we hung out at that we both were obsessed with true crime. And then it was like one hangout later. And Georgia's like, we need to do a podcast. It's going to be this. It's da da da. Come over to my house. And she honestly, she built the whole thing. We were just talking about it this Thank morning. You. She's like the architect of the whole thing because I'm a big like, I'll think of an idea and never even uh, this, the idea of actually doing the idea never comes into my head. It's just like, what an idea. And I'll never talk about it again. You said to me this morning over breakfast. Can we talk about it? Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> this morning we were eating breakfast and I was talking about how much I fucking hate breakfast potatoes. And Karen was like, you should invent a breakfast baked potato. <laughs> 
I was like, you just invented it. Yeah. She was like, why should I invent it? I was like, well, you're the actual, you're a doer. Whereas I'm like breakfast, paste, baked potato concept person. You're a visionary. Great idea. That's right. <laughs> I see the floating picture, but there's no way I'm executing any of it. And I'm just constantly scared of um, just like not having things to do that I'm just like idea let's fucking do it it might suck let's just do it anyways it doesn't, maybe it'll hit yeah. maybe it'll hit yeah and, it's, and sometimes it does yeah twice in my life it does yeah. what happens if you run out of things to do then you make up more things to do <laughs> no but I mean you said you're afraid of I'm just wondering oh. like yeah what's the fear yeah Ugh, just sitting in your like I hate like sitting in your it's dusk and you're on your couch and it's and your water's your glass of water's warm, <laughs> and you're just like watching fucking Vanderpump reruns. I don't know, is that a thing? You're watching something you've it already is, seen, yeah. already so seen, you have yeah. like a bad stomach ache for uh, what your like, life is. It's the Sex in the City reruns that are edited for TV. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're just watching that. That's what happens when you don't like run with your ideas to that, me. it's the definition of a waste of time yes. and also how i live on a daily basis. i was gonna say yeah very familiar I um can't, i can't do you so do you keep yourself pretty busy yeah if i if i were doing that which is fine i'd be doing my nails i'd be sewing a vintage dress that's seemed a rips i'd be doing something i can't fucking sit still and do, <laughs> do a thing and wallow in my sadness whereas i love to wallow <laughs> it's my passion blackout curtains yes so so are you always doing? Is she always doing? I'm going to ask Karen. Is Georgia always oh, doing? Oh, yes. No, this is completely real. Um, she's a big doer and she's a big like concept person. What I find very impressive, though, is the ideas are really good. Oh. It's like, no, they are. Thank like, Because um, it was her idea to do hometown murders on our thing, which is like a huge part of it. And such a good way to engage people, like people who are interested in true mm-hmm. crime. It kind of takes it a step further where it's like, why are you interested in true crime? What's the origin story of your obsession? Right. And I think everybody has it and can relate to it. And, you know, to pull that thread out is such a great, I don't know, it's it's such a, it has resonated with so many people. Um, I just feel, I'm thank just you. glad you thought of that. I, that was, <laughs> it worked out you. well. <laughs> that was purely, um, what's the word when I, I just, it's all about me and I just want to hear people's fucking murder stories all the time. Like it wasn't it was like self-serving. Here's what we're going to, yeah, we're, we're going to get people engaged by writing it. No, I'm just <laughs> like, tell me everything, please. I want to know everything. <laughs> Yeah, because there's nothing better when someone tells you the story that, like, first upset them or first freaked them out or... Do you have one, Allison? Orange County? We don't have a lot of good ones. Um, I went to school with someone who's... (laughs) Carrie just got such a good start. Whose father murdered the mother... And blamed it on, like, the gardener or something. Um. And, but maybe he also murdered. Oh, I've got another one too. Maybe he also <laughs> murdered the gardener. I, I know he put the gun in the wrong hand. There was something like that. Oh. The guy's name was Hood. They, he killed the gardener and then put the gun in his hand to look like he killed the, the wife. wife. Do you I'm remember forgetting the details. We're the same. Do you remember the, this was like a, this was the one for me that the dad who lit his kid on fire at the Disneyland hotel. Yes. Cause yes. we were the same age. That I that was haunted by that. I think I saw that kid. Because he's an adult now, yeah. but I remember as a kid being at the movies with my mom in Woodbridge, which is That's Irvine. That's where I'm from. Yeah. I'm from oh, really? Literally I used, We used to go to the movies. <laughs> yes. The, the Woodbridge. Cinema. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then there was like in that strip mall, there was 
some restaurant that was completely wood paneled. Knollwood. Okay, there we go. It was a grown-up time restaurant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really into food as a kid. And it's still really I was blending food. in. No children allowed in the restaurant. Um, so we were at Woodbridge, and we were in line. And I think that the boy was there, and I remember seeing him and being very disturbed by mm-hmm. how he looked because he had been completely burnt. That was such an upsetting story. That was really that. I think that was the pinnacle for me. I didn't think of it until just now. I think we've talked about it though on the podcast. Yeah. Also, well, so what I, the story I was telling didn't really haunt me. It's just was sort of close to me. The story of that murder that Jeff, could you look up? I think the guy's name was James Hood. Look up James Hood murder. Um, But I was also very affected. If we're talking about young stuff, um, the Night Stalker. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because that was near us. He came to Irvine. where Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember my, so he was, wasn't, have you guys talked about him on the show? Uh He was targeting single story yellow houses by the freeway. And my best friend, when I was a kid, lived next to a single story yellow house by the freeway. My parents didn't want me to spend the night there. Yeah. And we were like, when he was nearby, I guess, um, I think my sister and I slept in my parents' room for a few nights because we were just too scared. Yeah. It was very scary. I was a little bit, I'm older than you guys, but I was, so I was like a teenager when all that happened. But I remember it being like when it was down here um, up in Northern California, it was like, oh, that's so terrible. And then he came up to Northern (laughs) California and it was like, we were all in a horror movie. It was suddenly just like, holy shit, like watching it from afar is one thing. Yeah, it's and like then a it's sigh like, of relief that it's not in your town, but yeah. then it happens. Then he's it. in your town and it's like, oh my God, this is... Who is it? Yeah. It's so scary. It was so crazy. Did we ever find out who it is? No, we I'm did. We did. <laughs> I know. And then there's this guy, Randy McDonald, that was the... F- my sister went to school with his daughter and he was the father and he coached soccer. And then like he faked his own death, cleaned out the bank accounts and was missing for a while and then turned up and was wanted for murder. But I can't remember murder of whom. I think the wife of his business associate. I was going to say business partner. Yeah, it was like the wife of his business. And he had, the whole time that he was supposedly dead and missing he had been collecting social security like there was some weird <laughs> thing one of those things where you're like they should have found him because there was a paper trail yeah oh. um wait was he the one that i feel like i've seen this on like a 2020 where his kids are really defensive and say that he's totally innocent really it's there's very clear that he killed whoever it was i haven't i haven't heard the kids i don't know where the kids fit into all this but there are there's two or three kids um, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people who have killed their business partners or done something that where it sounds familiar. Yeah. Be complete. yeah. But there was like a 2020 or a, there was a something, a true crime thing on the hood murder. Um, what was, uh, it was hosted by Dominic Dunn. What was oh. the show that he oh, hosted? Yeah. Um, Some power crime. privilege and justice. Mm. Yes. I think it was that. So what are your, uh, true crime origin stories? Well, uh, mine is that there was a book for some reason in my grammar school library. <laughs> it, it couldn't have been my grammar. I went to a Catholic grammar school, but we did have the Amityville Horror. This is why I think it, but it was probably Pedlum, a public library. I found a book that was about John Wayne Gacy 
And I think it was just like sitting on a table and I just opened it and it was the drawing of, it was like the blueprint of the house and it showed where the bodies were buried. And like, it looked the way I was looking at the picture, it looked like the bodies were in the walls. Mm -hmm. So I was just like struck and mesmerized and I was like, what is happening? And then when I read the little paragraph underneath and it was like 34. Four, 33 bodies were found in this house and it was like bo- they used the word boys and all this and it was just like a whole <laughs> concept that I'd never even entertained or you know it was it was like a door opening to a whole new dimension of did it scare you yes it scared me but it was thrilling because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was like you wanted more well it was like this is what my parents talk about when we're not in the room <laughs> like I got that idea of this is what the adult world is I think mm, right and so it was like I I knew I wasn't supposed to read that book and I absolutely read that book and that's when it started. I got to get you for Christmas a print of that photo like framed. So every time I like walk by it, I get that. I'm super upset (laughs) for a second. I would actually, that would be amazing. I'm going to do it. I've tried to look it up and I can't find it. Yeah, I wonder if your brain like turns it into something else. I got, I was really into The Stranger Beside Me. I was into Stephen King as a kid. Like, you know, like, sixth or seventh grade and I'd finish a book and and I'd tear the paper cover off of the book and tack it onto my wall for like every finished Stephen King book that I had read which is like destruction of books which is terrible but that I think somehow that led to Ted Bundy I don't know how but Stephen King led me to I read a ton of Stephen King. Yeah, it was so easy to read. So easy, and ter- and like I'd stay up all night, scared out of my fucking mind. Yeah, but it was so much fun to be scared like that. Mm-hmm. See, I don't like being scared. I'm fascinated by the darkness and sp- specifically, I'm not fascinated is the wrong word. The things that get to me are like torture and. Um, protracted sadism Mm -hmm. i find that's the Mm -hmm. that's like sadism and cruelty and i can't i cannot handle that um but i sort of try to avoid it because i know that it will just it freaks me out too much yeah there's i try to be very careful about what um like an image like that one i was describing like that'll stay with me for Mm -hmm. years and years so i try to like if i'm looking at something and i know at like say watching a documentary and I, they're talking about something that's going to come up and you know they're going to show you a picture I just won't look at it because I don't want it in my subconscious right. and I try to be kind of careful about that kind of intake because I'm not interested in the gore the gore doesn't interest me I'm interested in like the process and the and process of how this person of a, did of it. a serial killer yeah yeah of, of, it's kind of a specific thing that I'm into and the the stuff that's around it I also find interesting, but my very favorite is someone like a John Wayne Gacy that's a process serial killer that has a plan, has a type, and is kind of doing this insane thing and and basically being a wolf in sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. like a- acting like they're living a normal life. That to me is fascinating. Like the planned, well thought out uh, a process of, of doing that is insane. Yeah. Instead of the like, you know, like crime a, of passion or yeah. something. Yes. Or, or, you know, some kind of crazy scheme that they needed money. And so they did this thing and it would, they would never normally do that though. Like it's such a huge difference to me and it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, what do you think specifically the idea of the wolf in sheep's clothing? Like what, what fascinates you about that? I think growing up in a small town, uh, like a farm town, 
Um, everything was very kind of innocent and nice and we knew everybody and, um, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good dog. (laughs) Yes. I have two dogs. Oh yeah. He's probably smelling. Um, so yeah, everything seemed very, it was like Pleasantville essentially. And so slowly learning that things like this do happen in the world. Um, uh, I, what were you asking? I was I was asking <laughs> specifically with like a wolf, the idea of the <laughs> the oh, wolf yes. in sheep's clothing. Like, what draws you to that? Just the idea that there would be people around that you would naturally and automatically trust, mm-hmm. and because of uh, they're the pastor in your church, or they're right. someone's dad, or someone's mom, or a teacher, and that that person might even be using that position mm. to get the thing, this weird thing that they need. That's such a rare anomaly in like human the human right. brain uh, everything about that it's just, it's just like there's a human monster mm-hmm. and they could be in your town and it could be the librarian and is there a specific <laughs> personality or mur- murderer profile that you're drawn to georgia yeah so karen likes the serial i mean the serial killers are amazing and but i think this similarly i like yeah the uh the person who can manipulate a situation because it's so hard for me to fathom the the idea of being able to be that cunning to take advantage of someone it's Mm -hmm. like go home and hang out and watch tv and have wine like everyone calm down but someone (laughs) who's like purposefully manipulating people for their 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 whims is insane it's so it's so far beyond what i could ever picture feeling that it's fascinating to me and i'd like psychological aspect yeah and it spawns <laughs> it spawns something in my brain um do you tend to be trustful or distrustful of people distrustful yeah fuck everyone no yeah. don't come at me bro like don't i think ever since i was a little kid i was bro. like don't i don't think i trusted anyone ever as a kid especially men. I was just always very like weary of people in that like shy kid kind of way. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I'm the same way still, especially now that we read about it all that like read about murder all the fucking time. Yeah. It's in our hands a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How's the, how has that affected you? I've been doing it for so long that it, I might, I think I definitely made sure to pace it because we have to take it in so much just for the show Mm -hmm. that I try to keep, keep that in mind and not do any extra. Um, and definitely like we talked about it one time, but like I try to then have my counter act action of like watching Bob's burgers. <laughs> one thing I talk about or something like that. That's just light, easy, positive, making sure that things are balanced out. Um, because I really do. I think I have a high tolerance for it. I've been reading about it and interested in it for so long but then there will just be like one picture or mm. one story or one detail that gets in and then you're just bummed. Yeah. And like, especially these days, like I don't need anything extra at Is, all. Does there tend to be a commonality in like the certain kind of detail that will put you over the edge? Kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, kids or something happening to or like sadistic with an animal yeah, people like have a really big, it's so funny on the Facebook group, people will, you know, post these horrific stories and then someone posts a thing about an animal and, and 
everyone's up in arms, which is totally understandable. I, I feel the same way, but it's funny how you have this like, there's this like children and animals are innocent and, and vulnerable. And, yeah, yeah, and vulnerable. And it's hard to see that. I think I'm not kind of the opposite where I really love, re- I, I think I consume more of these horrible stories now that we're doing this podcast because it feels like a job. So it's, I was doing it anyways, but it was just like, it was just like, I would punish myself for it. Like you fucking weirdo, you're staying up till three in the morning reading these crazy stories. And now it's like, well, I need this for the podcast. It's fine. But I really do love like on the, um, facebook group they'll people will post like these one-off crazy murders that you would never fucking hear about otherwise (laughs) and you'll never hear about again but it just feels so important to read about those to me to to know that you know this thing happened to this person and in this town and like and to their family and we're never going to talk about it on the podcast or we're never going to cover it as a murder but it's so it's there and it's important i just i think it's it's I feel like I obligated to read about those in a way. Mm-hmm. Obligated to honor the victim. Yeah, yeah. Obligated to like know about this too. Like Ted Bundy is this crazy, huge, famous thing, but like this this girl went for a jog and and fucking ran into the wrong person. And I feel obligated to know about her life too. Mm-hmm. Is that overly sensitive? Is there you- such a thing? <laughs> no. Are you asking me? I guess. <laughs> I was looking at you when I said it. So I know, but I mean, I don't know. I thought you were just musing or something. Yeah. I mean, I to me, it seems like, however you take it in, it's all, it's just, it's different versions of dealing with anxiety, and it's different versions of mirror work, where you're just kind of like, what if that was me? So it's, it's what if that was me in this thing where you couldn't have gotten out of it because someone was stalking you and yeah. had a plan or whatever, or what if that was me because it was terrible timing and I think like for me I know my brain runs similar scenarios but it's like I do a thing of what if I got into a car accident right now Mm -hmm. and then trying to be preventive preventative um it's just I think it's just the way our brain our brain scan for trouble and then try to fix it right I'm wondering is it a way of maintaining the illusion of control like the more I know about it the more I can be on guard for sure definitely do you guys both have anxiety Yo, I do. Uh-huh. All of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Therapy, fucking drugs. I mean, pills, not, I'm not like a, I don't do like mini doses of LSD all the time, but like antidepressants. But some of the time. Some of the time. <laughs> and anti-anxiety. Yeah, for sure. Which I think we're really open about on the podcast because I don't think it's like, it's not a secret. It's, mm-hmm. I don't think people who, who like actively seek out stories of murder are like chill as fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Although there's all kinds. I mean, I think that's the thing we're also learning. There's so many people that are coming to it that it's not all what I expected for sure. Like we were just talking, there was a group of people who met up in like Colorado somewhere. And it honestly looked like all the girls I went to high school with, they're mm-hmm. like standing on a porch posing for a picture. It wasn't like a bunch of goth people or <laughs> people that looked they were like they were trying to, I don't. It, nothing that you would just project that right. I would project onto is just like anybody you'd see at Starbucks. And I can't. To me, I find that very comforting because it's like ultimately people are clearly interested in true crime since there's like five channels of it and thirty years of Law and Order. Mm. I mean, people are interested in it. It's not 
you know, it's not new. Yeah. And the fact that there are these like meetups in these cities of murderinos and it's like, you know, they met through the podcast, but they're meeting because they have this similar interest that a lot of people that they don't, that they know, like nobody has that similar interest and think they're a freaking weirdo because of it. And it's nice that they get, they have this like community of people and there's no, they're not, they're not weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like a, it's a taboo subject. So Mm -hmm. they wouldn't know that like in their family or their group. It's not something people usually talk about. Yeah. Or people talk shit about it. And then suddenly they're like, well, yeah, I have a murder. I met Ted Bundy once. And it's like, well, why didn't you never told me that? And you think I'm weird because I watch, you know, law and order obsessively. I was, oh, Jeff, were you going to say something? Yeah. I have the information on your James Hood murder. Oh, yes. A little background. So, he was a millionaire in Orange County, uh, and uh, he was a developer in Newport Beach. And his wife was having an illicit affair. A guy came into the room and sh- killed her, shot the guy that she was with. He was like the, the shooter was identified as this guy Bruce Beauchamp, who oh, was yeah. a former construction worker employed by Hood. Acquitted. He was not. He was not found guilty of it. Mm. And then later, uh, Hood shot Beauchamp <gasps> six times or so, claiming that he had broken into his office oh. and reached behind his back as though he was going to draw a weapon. The problem being that when they found him dead with a gun in his hand, it was in his right hand, and he was left a left-handed person. So he killed three people. Yes, I mean, I'm reading a, and this is an LA Times account from February 1994, so the trial was still ongoing, but he was, at the time of this article, was the the primary suspect. Well, they believed that it was not self-defense in right. killing Beauchamp, but now that he, now he was the primary, well, no, they think that, they think that uh, Beauchamp shot his wife, but that he was hired to do it. Right, yeah. yes, yeah. And then it was like, then they got rid of him so he wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen that one yeah. on some yeah. some I, TV show. Yes. I, I completely remember the reenactment of them going into the office and the body and the right what, what hand the gun was in. I don't know if he even served time. Uh, I will double check it, but it looks like he <laughs> did 30 didn't? years. Oh, then I guess he did. <laughs> oh. Because I got into... Um, there was this like three car pile up on the way to school with stu- with other people that I went to school with. We were all in this this um, fender bender basically. Um, and then I was called as a witness. I don't know why though. I don't know if like the guy was given a ticket and he was fighting it, but I don't. I was called as a witness. And then Hood was also like a witness for the I wish I knew for the defense for the guy who I was like testifying against or whatever or, you know um and like claimed that he had seen the whole thing too which mm. and it, Hood was his neighbor and the whole thing seemed very curious like I don't were you even there <laughs> and he was very erratic and weird and my memory was that that was after this had happened, which is why I thought he hadn't done time, but maybe this happened afterwards. Actually, it looks like he was convicted, and the article I'm looking at now says that sentencing was delayed. And there were also some goofy things in the trial, in that there were two trials, and in the first one, he testified for himself. Yeah, he's a crazy guy. Yeah, and then they had a retrial because jurors were discussing it over lunch mm. and when they shouldn't have and apparently we're discussing how hot his 19 year old daughter was she was beautiful <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
And then so she was she was very striking. Even more well, Melinda. Then, then, then they can be an excuse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then in the second trial, jurors from the first trial were called to testify in the second trial. Oh wow, which is a very strange thing. But, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find out his sentencing. I've never been called to testify. Have you? Have you ever been called to testify against no. me? Me neither. Mm-mm. Have you ever been a jury member? Uh, no. Me neither. I've always gotten out of it. But I did, actually, I did have to, I guess this counts, but it wasn't, in my mind, I was thinking like downtown real court. Yeah. But I got into a car accident in um, Burbank and the guy that, like he was sitting, it was, it's dumb, but basically we all had to go and explain what happened mm-hmm. because the guy was trying to get me and the guy who hit me to buy him a new car. Mm-hmm. And I was totally panicked because it was like, well, I, I basically had to slam on my brakes. I slid. I didn't hit the guy. And then the guy <gasps> no. behind me, I looked in my rearview mirror and he never even put his brakes on. Fuck. He slammed. That's what happened to me, me so then in this case. That's what happened yeah. to me in this situation. Really? Someone stopped. Well, someone stopped short. I stopped. I hit my brakes, didn't hit him, but then the car behind me hit me and the car behind him hit That sounds him. like a fucking... Like, 5'11". 5'11". That's right. 5'11". What's that? It's our birthday. birthday. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's not mine. 6'8", motherfucker. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's... I, w- I went to court reporting school for a little while just because I wanted to sit in on depositions and fucking... And listen to these... These story yeah mm-hmm. did you learn how to use a sonography machine yeah how is it done because there it's it crazy. seems there's like eight keys well like quit because it's so hard yes it is also it always seems like when the people are doing the court reporting that the way they type is very specifically rhythmic mm-hmm. it is like doesn't it it seems like maybe it's because there's only like eight keys it's meditative have, you have to do it in a certain way right it's definitely like you get into this trance because you're when you're hitting keys you know ladies and gentlemen of the jury is one hit it's one oh, hit that's so interesting it's like these these six keys boop and that's it and that's ladies and gentlemen of the jury like it's whoa it, and and you have to know medical terminology and you have to know every and how to and then how what keys those are it's fucking crazy and Wait, i couldn't do it but how is that possible you, are the, the, keys- the brains of these women and i mean there's a lot of women who do it and men, but it's it's insane. Are the keys um like do specific words have their own key or is it sounds yes. words? Yes. So like this one key is what? But if you're but if someone's saying what are you doing, that's like another a whole like set of keys. It's just so it's typing all like phrases all at once, yeah, as opposed to typing out the letters of a word. Yeah, it's not even. I wouldn't even call it typing. It's um I can't remember what they call it, but it's uh stroking stroke Striking. hey no it's stroke is it it's like a one, one stroke hey. is this thing <laughs> it's very dirty it's amazing and they get paid really well and you see why once you yeah because it sounds it's impossible so insane it's a fair like next time you're in a courtroom so according to the la times this guy got 29 to life and he was out in five probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. so the thing about him that was in 94 though so he might have been out okay so that was did they say when the crime happened i think that was 92 92 or 91 so it was like i think it had already happened when this accident happened but the trial hadn't happened yet Mm. yeah so november it looks like the the crime's being reported on in november of 92 so there was a 
good two year window. He there was probably out on parole because yeah. he's rich and yeah, you know, and it, went, like it went on for a while too, right? Yeah. Um, so you got him at a very special time in his life. <laughs> right. He really did. Yeah. Very what a wonderful, vulnerable. what a wonderful window. You could have turned him around. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the idea of the murderer who no one saw it coming, well, like the wolf in sheep's clothing, this was not that guy. He was clear, clearly <laughs> like erratic and nutty. Yeah. I don't know if he was like that before the murders. I imagine he had always been like that. Um, well, we all have those friends where we're like, they're the friends that you're like, I can't believe, or the people you know, I can't believe they did that. But then there are some that you're like, yeah, no, we all can saw see it. it. Yeah. Makes sense. There, right. was, there was a guy in my high school. He was a year ahead of me. I was a junior and he was a senior. And he, on a Friday night, he lived with his grandparents and he just walked down the stairs. They were watching TV and he walked up behind them with a double barrel shotgun. <gasps> boom, boom. What state was this in? Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And then he took off. He was gone what? for a day or so. And when it was over, all these people were going, I couldn't believe I couldn't. I was like, yeah, I believed it. <laughs> like, he was a tightly wound, like one of those like rigid kind of like just uptight like dudes. Militant. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Very yeah. I was sensitive. not surprised. My, yeah. my dad has a story also from Pennsylvania. So he went to Swarthmore College and one night or as we call it murder university (laughs) (laughs) i want to go there murder you (laughs) that should be a spinoff of your show um one night a student just shot up a dorm and like went went into each room and like checked all the doors and went into the unlocked ones and shot the students and my dad is like a fairly anxious person and all about locking doors and i sometimes i wonder how much did that one incident create that he was probably always you know tended towards that but i know that he was very traumatized by that yeah um and so i had something i had always heard about and it was only as an adult though that i realized like what that must have been like for that to have happened on your at your school terrifying um, i had just heard it as a story of like scary things that happen in the world and then i looked up the guy and he's actually the murderer is actually a professor now what, what? yeah He's a professor and Swarthmore. No, no. I I wanna say in Arizona. And like they made a documentary about him. Oh, did um, you see the ponytail? Is that weird a weird detail? I don't know, but I think his last name That's is a pretty yes. safe bet. No, I remember. I think his <laughs> name is Bechdel. Is, is that the guy with the suede patches Bechdel on his or Bechdel. He, he there was like a there was like a that was like a breaking story a couple of years back of like this fucking professor mm-hmm. and they he had like, told the, the students. Yeah, what happened? and yeah. it came out in the news, and he had a, just an insane ponytail. He looked like Jonathan Gold, kind of, <laughs> with like a ponytail. That is, I wonder if he's still there. Karen, we need to go take this course. Yes. This course. Oh, can you imagine taking a class from, like, the amount, the, how many notes you wouldn't be taking if you were in a serial <laughs> or a murderer's You're just class? staring, trying to make sense of it. Wait, sorry, what... What did this professor do? Which one was his? That he shot up he the dorm? He shot up a dorm when he, he was a student. What? I know. He, and they made a documentary about it. Um, so he was the guy who shot up the dorm full of students when he was a student at the college. Right. And then my, I believe, Jeff, could you look him up? Um, See if he has a ponytail. I think it's like Beckel or Bechtel. I want to say Bob. It was Swarthmore in the 50s. <laughs> Put that into Google. We'll see what yes. happens. Um, my memory of what I read is that he kind of blamed what happened on just 
untreated mental health problems that he was going through back then. I remember reading it and thinking like, oh my God, I'm now feeling empathy and sympathy for someone who has always been this monstrous figure in my head. Um, yeah. Anything coming up? Okay. Well, you got to believe like the, the shit that was going through my head when I was 13 and 14 and, you know, up until some teenage years, like insane. And it's not me anymore, but I never, but I had this core thing of don't kill people so. <laughs> yeah but the thing i of, think a lot of us have that yeah, yeah. luckily but the mental health issue is a real i mean we've talked about that before it's tough because it's i mean i would love to see that documentary i think that's fascinating because it's like yeah what what is the what's the line or are there parameters or like not that it's a forgivable thing, but if it's an understandable thing or mm-hmm. if it's there's some, if you can pull a line of logic out of it where it's like, okay, you were schizophrenic, you weren't taking your meds, totally. you thought that it was the end of the world, whatever. Sometimes there are those those stories, but. As someone who has like a, a treated mental health issue and I'm still fucking anxious and depressed at times and like, and like living on this level of like my normal is someone else's bottom Mm -hmm. i can understand why like you you know an untreated mental health issue can you you're not in control of yourself at all it's a it's a chemistry problem right yes except i want to say but that line murder is that is on the other side of that line but i don't know maybe maybe murderers can be rehabilitated I, I wouldn't trust that, but <laughs> I want to now I want to see this documentary. And, and as you say that, I'm like, I hope there really is a documentary. I hope I didn't make that up. <laughs> but, no, I, don't worry if there isn't. But I mean, I, or like, read the story, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. Just like, yeah. figure out some because the idea here's what's interesting to me. A jury somewhere let him out of jail right. after shooting up a college. So there was there's a there's a determining factor in here that's going to be the interesting point, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I mean, at what point do you let literally let someone off the hook and say that's not who, you know that it's still inside of you? I would be very scared to, which is why, yeah, to take this class. Yeah, <laughs> to so be you don't want to take the class. No, okay, <laughs> do it like maybe online. Yes, correspondence. Oh, good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phoenix University. Right. That's how we'll do it. The documentary is called The Killer Within. Thank God, it, it, it exists. <laughs> it exists. So this is. It looks like he only killed one person, but only one person. Okay. So yeah. in 1955, That's such an exaggerator. <laughs> well, but he planned to kill a bunch of people. Okay. Mm. So he he was bullied for a bunch of years. He says he was bullied, and that's why he killed this guy and planned to kill a bunch of other people. And then he was a professor at University of Arizona, and after keeping it private for 50 years, admitted it. Wow. So was it one of those things where, and um, you might not know this, but um, sometimes back then they would do that where if you got arrested for something like that, they would just put you in a mental institution mm. and then you would get out of the mental mm. institution at it earlier yeah, like maybe than you would in jail. Do. Uh-huh. Hard time. Yeah, but it, it was 1955. It's like if he did 20 years, that's 1975. <laughs> yeah. And right. then he gets out and starts teaching and then... That's a long time. And what does he have to say? Like, is it'd be interesting to know, like, after all these years, is he, did he bring it up to teach them something about, I mean, I, I'm just posing questions that the documentary is going to answer. Like acknowledging that you don't really know who any, you know, you don't know people, you don't know. Or that, like, that you can change, or if you Mm -hmm. do a thing like that, that there could be 
I don't know. Like That's everyone has a ponytail in their future. <laughs> but apparently he apparently he planned to kill everyone in the dorm. And does, does it say why he didn't? Maybe just he, he couldn't because the doors were locked. Too much or... work. That really bothers <laughs> you know bothers me is um, attempted murder. You know, isn't treated the same way as mm-hmm. murder. That's so like you didn't carry out this thing you intended to do, and so your sentence is lighter. I just hate that. I hate that concept. If you intended to do something and you didn't pull it off for whatever reason, you should be it should be treated as if you murdered someone. Be, right, because all you did was fuck up your plans. Yeah, you <laughs> fuck up. But you can you can't prove the intention. Right, right, That's right, the right, shitty right. part. Yeah, but but you can in that way of like if someone's got some kind of murder kit or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that should actually or like be. where they shot someone. Like if you were like they just lived because they got lucky. Right, you know, or they they lived despite you. Right. It's interesting in the stories my dad has told about this. He didn't mention that this kid had been bullied. I'm gonna have to ask if he knew if that if he knew that part of it and like if that seems true to him. Um, I remember with the in Columbine when it came out that the, that they had been bullied. Although I heard that later it turned out that they actually weren't no, bullied. Yeah, right? They weren't. But when I first heard that. As a young person, as horrified as I was, I was like, oh, I, ca- I get the rage that you can... Because I had mm-hmm. been, you know, bullied and picked on a bit. And I I kind of understood the rage that one would have from that. Absolutely. Um, I think I have sort of a soft spot or blind spot for the, for, for the bullied person. Um, but then, yeah, but it turned out that they weren't bullied. Right. Well, and that, I mean, so many people have gone through that. And like this idea of like bullying, ending bullying is so new. Like back then, I'm sure maybe your dad didn't mention it because bullying was standard fare when he was a teenager in college. It was like, yeah, you get punched in the face every day or this kind of stuff that these days now, thank God, they've started doing something about it and it really does have an effect. But I was also fascinated by that tidbit of like not only were they not these two nerds that were right. mm-hmm. you know picked on every day but they were kind of the Dylan Kleibold was kind of like alpha yeah he was in charge yeah it's so great that whole story and the way yeah. mm-hmm. everything around it is so fascinating totally there's a really good last podcast on the left yes. episode a couple I think yeah I think it's like a two or three part episode it's just it's yeah i had no idea before i listened to that what yeah what's going on right because like, it's like a neat it, it it feels like a tight tidy little narrative yeah. like yes. oh they that's why they did this but no they were alpha jerks yeah so it looks like he was sent to prison actually put on death row for a few months oh, wow. and then later admitted to a hospital for the, for the criminally insane in 1955 where he stayed for five years <laughs> I mean, Man, that sounds like a vacation. It, it, it's so hilarious that I don't think that happens as much anymore. But no, it I don't used think there to are really happen. Oh, and yeah, he, that's and, right. They and he was released uh, on, in 1960, found not guilty for reasons of insanity. No. And then became a professor. That is crazy. Imagine if, if your professor admitted that. It's. I well, wonder what he taught. It's fascinating to think like why what was his um instigating moment that he would tell that story right yeah. if he's in the clear Ooh, and he, also- he taught environmental psychology what oh, i'm not quite sure what that is but. i don't even yeah i don't, don't even know, know what either. that is 
<laughs> like oh, you're trying crazy. to talk down the clouds who are trying to jump. <laughs> uh, Please I just, recycle. <laughs> uh, I, it makes me wonder, you know, all, as I always do, of like, who do we know that would be like, all right, I have this this admission to make. And it's like this insane thing that you would never know. I mean, that's my... I feel like that's my secret dream is to <laughs> have that, you know, like in the Simpsons where sometimes they'll go um, like do something underground and yes. they'll show you all the things that are buried. Oh my God. I love those moments. That's my favorite. So it's that thing of like a reveal where it could never happen in reality, but just you would somehow know something. I deeper, just, that, like a deeper knowledge of something. Like I, this my friend told me this story and it's really one of my favorites. They saw through a window, a girl that they worked with was supposed to, and it was like this weird moment with a child. She didn't abuse the child or do anything. I'm she so just, excited. I just want to say like, this is how weird I'm so excited about this story right now. <laughs> like see, and I'm like, Oh no, what's about to happen? Uh, I, it was just like something where she like did something that was very like, um, it wasn't in any way violent to the child or aggressive. Anything. No, it oh. was just, like cold, like turning around, like the child doing something and her just turning away. Mm-hmm. And saying it's grown up time. <laughs> <laughs> she just had a jug of Gallo wine. <laughs> it's like suddenly it's like, oh, wait, my friend was me as a child. Oh this God. is a recovered memory. And then I identified. Like, it was just some weird opportunity where it was like a moment of like the kid wanted the ball and she just like threw it to the side Whoa. something that cold that was just like yeah they knew knowing the person it was just this moment of like oh my god i know who that is or it's like oh that's a facade this person has been putting on this entire time yes it's that it's the thing too where it's like nobody knew that they were this they, no one knew he was gonna kill his entire family they were this loving family and it's right. like, well someone freaking knew yeah and it was like the sister or the mm. you know someone knew now where are you with stuff like mommy dearest the greatest film of all time okay. yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i find stuff like that that and like well, Flowers in the Attic, I couldn't. It was too scary for me, but I like looked up the plot, you know. Oh, I on, love DC Andrews. Oh, really? DC Andrews, <laughs> yes. that series was like it was Stephen King for like sexy teen totally. girls. Totally, it was like when you when Stephen King was like too technical or about aliens, yeah, and you wanted it to be a little bit more about like weird making out, weird shit, yeah, with your sibling, yes, yeah. Or there was also My Sweet Audrina, which is a weird series that she did that yeah. was like the adopted girl yes. that turned out it was like she had a dead sister that the parents always talked about. And it turned out it was really her like it, <laughs> they convinced her like it, it's so I read crazy. those, but I don't remember. I know the name. I don't remember. But it was that sounds terrifying. It was insanity. And I was like 12. How like, did in anyone my room let sneaking us? a book? read us my mom once took uh, my brother was going to read the outsiders and my I mom that book. My, yeah I my mom freaked out I was like you can't read this which only made me go through every single thing in her closet till i found it and read it and it why was like, why couldn't i don't know it wasn't that big of a deal no i, I don't all. know what it was about that book but i, I remember made me want to read it so bad go ask alice being oh, kind yeah. of contraband yes yeah. that's right and jay's journal but i don't think i ever read that one that, that was like the boy version of go ask alice oh. Which was a which was a um, propaganda book. It turned out right. Oh, oh was don't it do drugs? Yes. Really? Yes. Like how Sybil is not really a true yeah. story. Which is the biggest bummer to me. <laughs> I read Sybil when I was like fourteen, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Like it was so upsetting and so it's so upsetting. I was insanity. so haunted by Sybil. Yeah, 
And then it's just like, oh, I, yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm. Or it's like, sorry, I've been carrying this around with me for 20 years. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. What was that author that pretended to be a dude and was actually a woman? And she JT wrote- Leroy? Yes. When oh, I didn't yes. know, what was the book that she wrote originally that was like so controversial? I bring stuff up and I don't know any of the <laughs> that I know. Can you look up JT Leroy and, and please tell me? There is a movie coming out about JT Leroy, I think think it was a it was a man pretending to be a woman or vice versa it was a woman pretending to be a man and the and pretending to write memoirs of his insane Mm -hmm. childhood and it the book that he he she originally originally wrote was like was like vc andrew style like straight up fucked up huh but saying it was true yeah but it was good too i mean i was like 19 and the person who we thought was jt Leroy wasn't the one who wrote the books though it was a woman who wrote the books who then like got someone else to play yes JT yes but I, re- it, I think it was a female actually this. yeah would they, were they on like a talk show or something yes. with a weird wig and sunglasses in yes. the background yes. over there Marilyn Mansony looking yes fuck I remember that it was like 2000 and nothing oh see I was gonna say it was 90s Okay. It feels 90s, but you're right. I think it was the the early aughts. <laughs> I don't normally say that, and I don't think I ever will again. <laughs> I've seen that. I liked it. In print. What do we got? Uh, 1996. Oh, oh, shit. I mean, so close. I was on a lot of drugs. No. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of uh, verbose articles about JT Leroy, but nothing succinct, so I'm having hmm. a hard time summarizing. Eh. Was he... Uh, or she, whoever it was, the the writing was good, and that's why it was a controversy. I don't know. I think the book came out, and the writing was good, and everyone was like scandalized by this book. Yeah. And then it came out that it was like it was kind of like a million little pieces, yes. which I didn't read but know about, and then it turned it just one of those too. things where people believe it to be true, and then it's yeah. like it's it's BS. So, uh, are we talking about the book Sarah? No, it was one before one? that. Hmm. I don't know. Whatever. A million li- Sarah's the one apparently narrated by nameless boy whose mother Sarah then is a lot it. lizard. Oh yeah, yes. prostitute who works in truck stop tr- truck stops in West Virginia. Yes, then, that, then yes, that's rough. Um, wait, what was the one you just said? A million little pieces. That book, when I found out that was fake, I it was I was so mad. I also I didn't care. You didn't? No, because I thought it was really good and interesting. I feel like someone talked him into making it into a memoir. You you were pissed. I was pissed because the um like telling that st- getting off drugs and not drinking. It was was it drinking or both? I can't. I think remember. it was both. both. Yeah. Um, I when I read it, like hadn't hadn't drank for maybe like seven years or something. So everything in it, I was giving him all this credit of like, right. oh, I know, I kind of know how hard this is. And he, in and the thing way. is, he did it by himself, right? That's like yes. without any he was intervention. Like, Twelve step is bad. Yeah, he really talks shit about things that that I think really help a lot of people. Oh, okay. so it's super so, irresponsible. It's so mm. irresponsible. And then the the vanity of taking the credit yeah. for beating <laughs> this shit. Like, not only do you not need a twelve step program, but you can just do it yourself. And remember, he in part and what the one part <laughs> to me that was like so indulgent was that he said he went to the dentist yeah. and got teeth pulled because he was such a drug addict and he didn't get he didn't use any Novocaine or right. whatever the fuck because he didn't want to be on drugs. And yes, I was like 
oh my god a hero yeah. hero and it was a it was a dude just uh building things up well i mean i remember reading that book and i kept looking at the back cover like looking at his mm-hmm. picture like who is this guy and i think that was part of it like he was a li- it was a little bit of that like it's a it's a memoir so that you love me because mm-hmm. it could have been a novel and it would have been fine yeah. but based he, on his he life. wanted the credit yeah for being that kind of a person although you gotta wonder if his publisher was like this is a this isn't gonna sell as a novel as fiction if you put this as a memoir, this thing is going to blow up. You know, I don't, I wonder. Yeah, but that, that's like just saying, do you want to be a liar? Uh, like, do you want to be a crook? Yeah. yeah. We, and then he said, yes, Yeah, I do. Listen, we just need to celebrate Augustine Bur- uh, Burroughs, his shit, his memoirs. Oh, my God. Out of control. The best. The best. The He's funniest. incredible. Yeah. You're just trying to keep it positive. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to find the light at the end of this dark, just terrible, drug-addled let's take some questions that listeners sent in on Twitter. But first, um, just a couple quick announcements, you guys. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It's a great way to do your holiday shopping. Uh, It does not cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show. So thank you so much for your Amazon support. Also, my podcast is on Patreon. Do you guys know Patreon? A little bit. Yeah. It's really, I was very hesitant to do it, but now I've been there for a couple, a few months and I love it. Um, So it's sort of like Kickstarter, not project specific it's just you can support artists or podcasts on an ongoing basis and there's different reward levels and you can get an extra podcast episode a month or more than that um there's an exclusive live stream that we do and um like fan club level where you get actual stuff in the mail um and it there's also access to the at at the very low like the lowest level access to the activity feed um which I love. Like, I'm on there all the time. I love the interaction with the community. It's really fun. So just go to patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay. When we ask, we send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, okay. Adrian Stofacher says, can you ask Karen about Dinar? Am I saying that right? D-Y-N-A-R? <laughs> I love it so freaking much and don't think it gets mentioned enough. You should go for a ride. Yay. Uh, that's my other podcast. We uh, we both have... <laughs> oh, do you need a ride? Do you need oh, a ride? I was <laughs> yeah, like yeah. in my head from reading the tweets and stuff... I thought it was the name of your car. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new, an, a, a 2016 Dinar. <laughs> it's really fancy. Um, yeah, it's Chris Fairbanks and I, and we drive around. We, we started out picking up and dropping off comics at the airport. Um, we did that for like two years and then it just got super irritating. I <laughs> drive to LAX that much. Fuck the, such a bummer. How would you find, I mean, would you just talk to comedian friends and find out who needs a ride? Yeah, but we were both super disorganized. So like the, the scheduling of that podcast alone, (laughs) like almost killed us. It was such a pain. (laughs) And then of course there's, there's people who are like, oh, I would love to do your podcast, but they just wanted a ride. You know what I mean? They just didn't want to pay like 50 bucks to go from the airport. Um, which, you know, so 
it's fun. It's super fun. We still do it. We usually do it nowadays in the studio because it's just so much easier. Right. I can't believe I thought that was the name of your car. <laughs> like, this is some like cool old car named Dinar. Um, okay. TSDCX says, uh, what can I do to get them to change their opinion of lovely-ish Sacramento? Of what and the where? Do you have Sacramento. a negative fin- a- opinion oh, of Sacramento? Totally. I thought that was a per- like a person. Who's lovely-ish? <laughs> I mean... Um, my opinion is based on the three years I lived there and, and it was a dark time in my life. Um, so there's nothing that you can do to, to, <laughs> to change any of the damage that was done. When I've I literally there. never been there. I'm sure it's darling. Don't want to live there. Uh, but they do have so many serial killers. Yeah. I mean, like a lot a of ton. De- a lot of deaths, a lot of serial killers. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool in that way. It is. I mean, that's if you want to talk about positives. Yeah. But also go to Los Angeles or San Francisco, bro. Uh-oh. Sorry about this. <laughs> the great one says, what's something good that happened to them this week? Oh, we asked that at the end of the podcast because it gets so dark. And yeah. And end on that. This Man, has been a tough week. It's been a real. This is election week. Shit week. Karen, uh, well, I think because it's been such a shit week and people are so scared, there's a lot more um, people trying to connect with each other that I see. Um, like we did a we last night, we did a comedy show at the Improv Lab, and we wanted to cancel it because we were like, no one's going to come to this, and it was one of the bigger crowds we've had in a while. So it's kind of like there's things like that that I feel like instead of constantly looking at the big picture, just kind of like. I'm trying to do that of like, oh, people show up, people want to talk, people mm-hmm. want to be friends. It's bolstering your faith in humanity, uh-huh. at, at least in your circle of life. Mm-hmm. The Lion King? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's been a rough week, but yeah, these people who, yeah, what Karen said. What, what's yours? I mean, similarly, I just, it's been a fucking shitty week. Uh I guess my husband, Vince, like if I having him try to talk me out of my sadness when it's there, like, you know, today I got real dark and I explained to him why. And there's always a yeah, but and he has a, a, you know, he doesn't have to do that, but he he has that. And it's nice to nice to rely on him for my support. Does he have a yeah, but regarding the what's going on politically? Yeah, because my husband and I just bounce off each other till yeah. we're both like, oh, no, yeah, in a bad place. Not, he knows my tendency to like sink super deep and pile stuff on top of it, mm-hmm. like and this and that, and so he always kind of snips in a little like positivity to it. So that's nice. That yeah, is nice. He always has a positive side, even if it's like a depressing thing. It's like it's still a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather says. Do they think they'll do more episodes with guests? I love their chemistry together, but the live shows have been great too. Um, well, we'll do more live shows with guests, but I mean, the way we do it, we don't. Yeah. I think the live shows, if there, if, if it, if it fits, if there's a guest that we like get excited about, like Jamie Lee is going to be our guest at the, uh, when we do the bell house in Brooklyn and she's like super into murder. If it fits. Yeah, completely. But never in like when in just the weekly one. Nah. That's too. We already have our setup. Yeah, right. it's like it would just be weird. Yeah. West Anthony says, "What would be their favorite method of murdering someone? <laughs> Hypothetically, that is." <laughs> huh. 
Take a picture of that question. Let's <laughs> keep it for the sheriff. <laughs> I don't want to murder I don't want to murder anybody. I'm not interested I'm in not, that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Tickle someone to, to death. I don't, <laughs> don't want to murder anyone. Well, that's reassuring. It's yeah. what a murderer would say. <laughs> Here's the good news. We don't want to murder anybody. <laughs> if we had our answer like that, it would be troubling, I believe. Yeah. But I feel like a good murderer would never just reveal their plan. Yeah. Hell no. Could get could get taken by someone. The fact that it we wouldn't answered give it away. this way is kind of indicates that we're up to something. It is. That's right. <laughs> it totally is. Um, let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people send in things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? So we read them and then we weigh in. Um, Okay, Lane says, people act surprised that I don't pack my husband's suitcase for him on trips. Was this in the wife's handbook? Because I don't. Um, I'm sorry. Are you kidding (laughs) me? So my mom packs my dad's suitcase, but that's like, I feel like that's so old-fashioned. It is. Yeah. And I think that he could, it's just, that's just how they do things. Um, yeah, I, I have, I don't even do Daniel's laundry. We both do our laundry separately. No, no. The thought of doing, the thought of doing anything that a grown adult should do for themselves for, for my husband, it makes me, even the word husband, sometimes I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> I, you know, it makes me cringe. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's some couples that like, I do this thing better than you do. And so I'll do this and you do that. That's fine. But, but the yeah. packing. But to expect it. That's I feel the problem. Like, yeah. And I feel like packing for another person, you'd have to be together for so long to know. What, like, I would never trust someone to pack for You're me. You're going to wear this today. Right. Yeah. This tomorrow. <laughs> There's something weirdly um, controlling about it. Or, like, ter- someone turned over the control. And that right. Where it's like, I got all your outfits. Right. But then, you know... I had the same reaction you did, but then thinking about it, like, oh, but then if there are those relationships where that's why it works, because like one person's like, I truly can't put my pants and shoes and shirt together. And can you help me? No, you're right. There is a little bit of that. I wasn't, that was not a criticism. I know, I know, but I'm changing my mind and I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think I'd want to talk to the men whose wives pack for them and find out why is it, is it that you just don't like packing or is she better? at it or like what's going on yeah i do not care and you couldn't like if right because there's there have been times where i've packed to go on a trip and when i get there i'm like i have nothing to wear and i have no socks like i've done that a bunch of times where i get because i get crazy stressed out before i leave for an airport or mm, have to like leave my house for a while there's something about it that like it just makes me crazy so i get like weirdly packing blind and then when i get there Thank God, usually I'm going to a place where I can buy a toothbrush or buy the things I need because I always end up needing four things. It is kind of sweet to think of like someone who's like, I know that Allison always forgets to bring socks, so I'm going to do it for her. Mm. You know, like Vince doesn't bring a toothbrush. He's freaked out by wrap, like by putting a toothbrush in something. (laughs) So whenever we travel, he buys a toothbrush when we get there. Mm. And that's his thing. So... That right. seems actually good. Yeah. Although they do have, have you ever seen those plastic things that you can put a cap just over the brush? Yes. Mm-hmm. But he's like, that's germ, that's germ city. 
He won't do it. <laughs> what if that's new? Well, I, yeah. look, if he doesn't want to do it, it's, I'm not going to solve it for I ain't him. fucking packing his toothbrush. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, James Leroy Wilson says, when I hear a pause on a podcast of longer than two seconds, I start worrying that my device malfunctioned. <laughs> I actually start worrying that a phone call is coming in. Oh, yes. Like, oh, and the, the panic oh. that that causes me is so off the charts intense there's nothing good if my phone's ringing nothing good is happening yeah. <laughs> it's very horrifying i it's always like some weird like like somewhere in montana or something where mm. it's just like this is some weird old bill i forgot to pay <laughs> it can't be good well when we pause during our podcast it's usually because we're giving each other a look and then we burst into laughter yes. at it so i think it's like or we're about to have an ad <laughs> those are the two choices <laughs> one or the other that's right uh witty doggy well will be the judge of that says um sitting on a used toilet cover is way grosser than sitting on the plain uncovered toilet seat yeah i would agree yes who the fuck sits on a if someone left it there and you accidentally sat down i i imagine right it would have to be an accident i disagree really i'd rather not sit on a toilet seat than a used cover you'd rather sit on a used cover yes because how many butts have been on the toilet seat before that? That's like sitting on like 18 used toilet covers. Yeah, but it feels like, it feels like using someone's used toilet paper in a way. I think it's just the paper <laughs> nature of yeah, it. Yeah, the paper's porous okay. to me. The toilet seat is plastic. Fair. Right. Not porous. I mean, but I there would... would be more asses on the seat than on the paper, but it's still paper. It's hard math because what's worse, I immediately pictured that toilet seat cover to be warm when you sat on it well have you seen what's upsetting you know what blew my mind when i first started traveling for a living was there certain airports that have those those Mm -hmm. toilet seat covers where you have to press a button yes i forgot i didn't know that the first time (laughs) yeah i kept Uh. sitting on them and then i realized oh i've been sitting on someone else's butt yeah it's these you press a button and this like it's almost like a a, like a um shower cap for the seat it like rotates have you never seen this jeff I have I have not seen it. Oh, so yeah. it's like in in Georgia and like South Carolina. It's like and those toilet airports. seats are always very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's almost like sitting on a toilet seat that someone left the seat up. Yeah, it's weird. yeah, they're it's weirdly weird. small. Yeah. And I don't like when I watch it go around to to renew. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's no. New. I think it's no. just circling. It's yes. one. It's, it's one. one circle. There's and also a lot of weird cities that you're, that don't have toilet seat covers in the bathroom at all. Mm-hmm. Those are weird to me too. Like cities. That just don't have toilet. They don't do that. A whole city? Yeah. There's like. Wouldn't yeah. it be place to place? Like, yeah. It's maybe it's, it's an ordinance or it's places <laughs> that just don't have. Toilet no one covers. cares about it. No. So then you have to make your own with mm-hmm. toilet paper, and then if you move too fast, uh-huh. the, the wind knocks it off. <laughs> yeah, you have to sit as slowly <laughs> yeah. as humanly possible. But then they have the fucking automatic toilet seat, uh, toilet flusher that then just takes your toilet, your toilet paper seat away. Yes. Um, a lot of thoughts now see toilet seat covers are my go-to if there's no toilet paper like this just happened to me recently because i find that they're paper towels that hurts but toilet seat <laughs> covers are kind of soft and kind of absorbent actually yeah and then that makes me wonder how well are they functioning as a toilet seat cover if they're they are kind of porous and absorbent. Shouldn't they be wax paper? It's all a charade. I think it, is. it really is. I really think it is. It's actually. just to keep people from not going totally like Purell insane. Yeah. And just like, yes, everything's okay. The idea of, uh, of cleanliness. Yeah. Or doing the complete hover, which is like fine, 
but just make sure your urine's getting into the toilet. And also, yeah, that there's you're not, nothing splashing back. Right. We can talk about this. I, I have so many thoughts on toilets. And me, <laughs> I honestly am obsessive. <laughs> uh, Christy Wilson says, I still try to get an even dollar amount at the gas pump, even though I pay with credit card. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're nodding. I just let it go till it's full. Um, I... I do that. So I did that this morning when it was. I feel like I only let it go to when it's full, when it's totally empty. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay, but uh, usually I'm late. I'm always late for everything. So <laughs> and you need I, gas, or you're gonna just uh, stall. Exactly. Yes. So I stop and I'll get like I'm in my mind. I just go. I'll just get fifteen dollars. Yes. And then it's almost like a fun game. And I won't have to wait until, which is probably going to be 35 more but seconds. it feels like forever. It, does. it yes. feels like forever to have the tank fill up. Yeah. But do you do the speed roulette thing where you are watching and then you just try to release it at an even number? Or do you go clicky, clicky, clicky? Um, I try to release it, but I won't go over. Like, I'll try to release it under. Okay. The clicky, 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 clicky thing is fun to yeah. try to do. Yeah. It never works. Maybe I should make my gas outings more fun. Yeah, because I always just it. let it. I do, always just fill it up, unless sometimes, like I've had the, th- you know, you know, when you're on a podcast and you start a story and you're like, "This is not entertaining. And like, <laughs> I want to bail right now." That's how yeah. I feel. I feel like that's what podcasts are for. <laughs> I know, I really do. That's what they are. So yeah. I'm just gonna make this as fast as possible. For the longest time with my car, I was having trouble putting the nozzle in and then getting it to lock. Like it wouldn't lock. Um, it would as soon as I let go of the handle, it would just stop. So I'd have to sit there holding it. Mm. And I found that to be very tiring. Uh, and I would always think, okay, I'm just going to put in like however much I need. And then I'm going to go to a different gas station. <laughs> then it turned out that I just wasn't pushing it in far enough. Mm-hmm. I really thought I was. I remember but- being 17 and, you know, I had new car, like I had just started driving and I was like, I didn't know that clicky thing was a thing and you could just like leave it's it. It's my favorite thing. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that there's a little arrow that shows you what side your gas yes i discovered that real late Me that's too. my favorite and i totally just it was like two years ago the or little something. things in life that you're like thank you yeah who thought of that but also why don't why doesn't anyone know that like, why, does why didn't pull i know you that? aside yeah. yeah that should be a driver's ed thing yeah. yeah my car did not have one and i made one with a label maker and put it in there <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's arrow? a new car yeah. thing yeah yeah, yeah. Todd Campbell, write a quick, easy task on my to-do list, then immediately do it so I can check it off. Oh, for sure. Sometimes I put things that I've already done and oh, then yeah. crossed them out. <laughs> totally. Um, Pattern Rec says, hate the crunching sound. Oh, hate the crunching sounds during snack chat. Chewing sounds drive me crazy, especially when I'm on headphones. So sometimes we do something called snack chat on the show, which is where we chat about snacks and taste them. Um and I always, I always say to people, don't like, back off the mic because people hate chewing sounds. Anyway. You know, I could I, not listen to that. Yeah. My sister and I, my sister was very sensitive. Like I couldn't eat cereal around her when we were little. <laughs> she'd be like, stop eating it like that. I'd be like, I'm not doing anything. She was crazy about it. But it's, I'm super sensitive to it. And you know, there's always like a person um, like when people are eating there's there's every once in a while there, there'll be a person that can make chips so fucking loud <laughs> yes. in their mouth where you're like how are you doing that but, right. what acoustics so are happening in there yes and it's like and i now i have to listen to you like Masticate. rhythmically get it done Ugh. loudly it's so frustrating to me now you were on dining with doug and karen right yes 
Yo, how yeah, we, was that for you? Because that's a, a podcast where you just eat. I feel like I wasn't wearing headphones. Aww. I feel like we were eating and talking, but nobody was wearing headphones. Oh, yeah. I, I did it too, and I don't think they were headphones. Yeah. Little mea culpa, which is that I think nine times out of ten, the crunching during snack chat is me. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Playing drops. That's true. Because people really don't chew into the mics much, and then yeah. when people are talking, I'll go. Oh, that's, it. that's probably what it is. It's creepy. There was a Kit Kat commercial for a while, which was the snapping and then the chewing. Oh, yes, chewing. that I would have to run to the clicker to make sure it muted it. It would make me so crazy. Some people, I don't have that. I don't care. Yeah, I don't really either, but I'm very aware that people hate it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that drop, though, I thought was so kind of over the top that I thought that people would realize that it was me making fun of people being scared that right one would think but, well, we'll find out yeah. um bruised by dawn says excuse me hang on <clears throat> not enough coffee cake served anymore agree mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you don't see coffee cake that much and it's, it's always welcome so delicious that there's, kind with the crumble on the top mm-hmm. there's one at like route like in los angeles and ralph's my grandma used to get all the time they still have it's called sakatumi cake <laughs> and it's just coffee cake i don't know why it's called sakatumi but it's the best coffee. Like a yet. laugh-in tie-in. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, like invented in 1969. <laughs> still there. Never For Goldie Hawn. Yeah, I think I'm Oh, I'm grandma. totally going to buy one if I see one. I go one. to Ralph's. Is it in the bakery section? Yeah. It's like, you know, they have those weird stands of like like weird you yes. know, 12 croissants that look terrible. There's like a Sakatumi cake and it's great. You know what, what else are really good and I would have normally never bought them is holiday the holiday cookies that you like on fourth of july or saint patrick's day or whatever easter but they underneath are just the white cake cookies but then they decorate them i would never normally eat those because i'm such a like chocolate person or whatever and my friend would buy them every party we'd have and so one time he's like you ever try these and then we bit into them and they're so delicious they're like the cake sort of thick cake cookies with frosting it's like a black and white cookie almost oh okay that like but instead of black like chocolate icing it's like holiday icing so it'll be like whatever the next holiday is um i just recommend them (laughs) ralph's brand yep i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to find these yeah rebecca salter says electric toothbrushes make my nose itch just me (laughs) that is not just you it's weird something the vibration yeah yeah for sure something weird uh and then Lastly, Ariana Bridgman says, I always feel like I'm going to lose a hand when trying to get stuff stuck in the garbage disposal. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That's from a Stephen King book. Oh, really? Yes. Remember? Yes. There's, uh, I'm so afraid of the garbage disposal. It, it, I think you should be. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to somehow, and this can't happen, but I'm afraid that I'm going to fall and my shoulder's going to turn mm. it on or something like that. And and your hand will be in it. Yes. Yeah. Which is like, like, there's no way I could fall into no. the switch because it's back there or it's gonna still. get turned on that's what happened to Stephen King got turned on by itself right oh yes. that would make sense yeah it was some like he kept putting his hand in it it was the one Ugh. where the the spaceship was buried in the forest yeah and started controlling everybody Dude, we gotta read those again uh but the grossest thing to me is um I like mine breaks every every once in a while and to reach in to like reset it or whatever there's just so much Ugh, under oh, the no. rubber thing oh, oh yeah it's so it's nightmare. so gross to touch yeah, but like have your hand in there you know what's worse is move i won't move into a house that doesn't have one because then you just get this strainer full of fucking wet food they have to throw out all the time oh yeah Blech. you mean without a, food, a garbage yeah. disposal yeah. yeah yeah i don't think any place do they even have them in yes. new york 
Oh, I don't know. Because I don't, I don't think them. any of the places I lived in New York had garbage disposals. Well, there's so many old apartments yeah. Like, yeah. that don't need to be updated because everybody needs an apartment so bad yeah. that I bet that's true. It's such a, you're right. It's such a pain when there's no garbage disposal. I hate it. I find a no, I find no dishwasher to be a bigger pain. Oh, I haven't had a dishwasher in my life in really? fucking decades. Really? You're one of those. You hand wash all your dishes. Yes, it sucks. Yeah, that does suck. It sucks. I thought you were going to be one of the people who hand washes, but you're totally fine with that and you're happy with that. That's my husband was one of the, when we met, he had no dishwasher and he had no microwave. It's amazing. It's amazing that we had common ground. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind if I have a good book to listen to on my phone. Dishwashing is like cathartic and fun for me, Mm -hmm. but that's like, they, no, no, hate it. It just takes so long. I mean, I really have to like, I, I won't do the dishes for a really long time. I won't let you in my kitchen sometimes. Yeah. Because it's disgusting. Yeah. I totally relate. It sucks. Yeah. It's no way to live. <laughs> you guys, it was so much fun having you on the show. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Thank you so much. Golf club. Um, <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And Georgia and Karen, um, plug anything you'd like to plug and let the listeners know where they can find you and where they can listen and all that. Well, we're um, on Twitter. We're my fave murder, uh, and I'm Karen Kilgariff on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, we are my favorite murder, and we put a lot of like uh, fan, not fan, listener art. And then <coughs> I'm Hardstark on Instagram and G Hardstark on Twitter. Someone took Hardstark on freaking Twitter. <laughs> thank you guys so much, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about? Allison Rosen Show We had a good time But now we gotta go Yeah, Allison Rosen Is your new best friend